Hi, everyone. Thank you again for tuning in to Conscious Acts of Change. I am Empress Q. I am the person who has been delivering to you my Conscious Acts of Change devotionals over the past 30 days. And I like to always reference myself and my teachings as being a person who delivers thought-provoking and introspective dialogues, conversations, and discussions to help people to better develop the insight of their spiritual improvement and their overall well-being. I'm just really happy to bring a new segment uh, so that you can get to know me a little better. I love doing my devotionals because it helps individuals to have a new perspective about who they are and how they see themselves, giving them yet uh, new ideas of how to navigate uh, life uh, and all that it brings to us. So this particular segment is entitled, Let There Be Change. And I think that each and every one of us is always seeking an opportunity to change our life. But the question is, do we know what to change? Where do we begin changing? You know, where do we begin to start looking? So this podcast will be, um, this segment of the podcast will be uh, called Living by Design. And so Living by Design, we're going to talk about today, let there be change as we learn how to design our lives. I think that we probably have just been thrown into the world and some of us really have not been very methodical about how to design the type of life that we really want. We know what we want to attain. We know what we want to inspire. Uh, however, we have not really looked at total management or modification. So I just love putting thought-provoking discussions on the table to help all of us open ourselves, stretch ourselves, and strengthen the, um, the consciousness of the minds of people so that we are able to improve, heal, and love ourselves even greater than what we think we do. It's time for us to take a deeper look at and have greater insight on how we see ourselves. I am so excited uh, as I open the door to my talks and discussions. Uh, these will be featured on Sundays, a great day in which we are relaxing. Um, we come in the evening time, maybe after dinner or in the afternoon, and just sitting down and getting some thought-provoking ideas and self-reflection, introspection, as we begin to think about what do I need to change in my life? Where do I need to grow? What do I need to heal? What in my life needs to be transformative? And so I am just um, hoping to deliver, not only deliver to you, but share with you and that you have interest in the topics in which I am bringing to my podcast. Starting something new can always be a bit uh, nervous um, to a situation because uh, you can only trust the fruit that you distribute into the world, the content that I distribute out into the world, and hoping that um, that it is eaten, it's taken, it's partaken, it's partaken of to you and through you, so that you can enjoy uh, the content that I am offering and hoping that it will bring benefit and potentiality for your life. So I am a spiritual teacher. I have been teaching people for over the last 40 years of my life. I have always uh, ensured that I am the first listener and student of my own practices and teaching. I am my own hair club president, okay? <laughs> And so if my life does not reflect what I speak, I do not have the position for guiding others. And when I cannot guide my own life, 
I do not have the right to teach people how to guide theirs. <clears throat> so I decided to put my big toe into this water of the podcasting world and uh, and to see if I have a platform of followers to hear my message and how I can be effective to you listeners in need of something different to make your lives better, to help you in to help you uh, is to help me. And the experimentations and the experiences out of my life, I hope will bring richness and value to yours. So for, um, we are, we all have stories resulting from our experimentations and experiences in life. And I use the word often experimentations because when we came here to this planet, a part of the discovery of who we are has to function and operate through an experimentation. We gain experiences after we have exp experimented with things in life. What have we experimented with life? Oh, so much in this world. We all have stories. We all have things that we have tried in order to see um, what the outcome would be. Mm, I wonder how is this going to turn out? What is this going to do for me? What will I gain from here? What will I benefit from here? Will this happen as a result of this action? It's all about experimentation. And so when we are experiencing with life, we are researching, we are testing things, we are investigating things, we are conducting tests, we are carrying out things to gain a benefit or a result somewhere on the back end of that experiment. And that back end becomes an experience. But do we know how to move our life beyond our lifelong habits and conditionings that we have inherited in the world that became a filament for our being? This is why I am here. I am here to help and teach people how to heal their double lives and double standards inherited from the world that we subliminally created during our non-awakened consciousness. We must awaken to our spirit self, our inner spirit, if we seek to create change in our lives that will be impactful and useful and meaningful. So as I learned how to shape and develop my platform, I will continue to post devotionals, but I will also host my Living by Design podcast series each Sunday. And, you know, based upon the viewership, I may have to do it twice a week, which I'm hoping uh, that I'm able to do that. But each show will focus on helping you to learn how to create systematic change in your life from within so that you are able to experience and enjoy your life in the outer realms of your existence. We no longer need to feel stuck or a sense of staleness uh, each day in our operating uh, within the world. We need to move away from our challenges and more towards the greatest potentiality of ourself. How we perceive the image and likeness of he who created us and sent us here in the first place on earth. Within my devotional, I have talked about many of those things, ways in which we can improve our lives, but now it is time to have a deeper discussion, a deeper talk about how to become more insightful and of ourselves and our needs. Listening to the inner self of our body, of what it is telling us 
that it needs. Not our own thoughts and ideas of what we want to see happen, but surrendering ourselves to the inner power of who we have been created to find out what is it longing for. How to improve, heal, and sustain life for yourself as well as for your families. The curve in my life journey started about 40 years ago when all hell opened up and started spinning me out of control. My new life was in the process of introducing itself to me, ending up being a spiritual teacher, a sensei, a spiritual architect, and a truth seeker. My life journey has availed to me some of the most interesting pathways I uh, would not have chosen for myself. It was not my plan to be a spiritual teacher. I had no interest or even idea that my life would move towards that way. But pathways were chosen for me by by Yahweh God, the divine, the universe, became how I have acquired deeper characteristics that will establish me as a spiritual teacher to utilize these special gifts and the special role that was designed for my plan within this world. And once a teacher be has become advanced in their own learning. Once I went through that process of becoming advanced in my own learning, uh, I had to uh, take on responsibility for building the following foundations on which uh, I had to fulfill. And those functions included the development of trust. You see, a teacher must be someone that you can trust. Particularly when they're moving into the coaching arena and you are exchanging dialogue about personal things. And then your spiritual teacher must also be honest, providing the truth, no matter what it looks like, if it's painful, if it's joyful, but giving that raw, naked truth to someone or to themselves to make sure that they are walking straight in a pathway that will not harm them or someone else, not being blindsided. And then there's tolerance. Your spiritual teacher should be have tolerance with people and understanding and offering gentleness in their feedback and giving advice and wisdom. The teacher should have joy. They should be happy. If they're not happy, how are they going to possibly teach you how to be happy? It not only should be, they should not only be happy, they should exhibit joy and happiness in their presence when you meet them or talk to them or just listening to their voice. Spiritual teachers must be defenselessness. Can't come as a rebuttal or allow themselves to be powerless in the interpretation and the exchange of information with others, being vulnerable, telling your own truth, shedding your own onion or banana peel so that you are transparent in all that you speak in your truth. Having generosity, Generosity is so important because that means kindness. That means giving. That means, you know, having liberty, liberation, charity in helping others. And then patience. Oh, patience is a word that so many of us struggle with. <laughs> Patient, okay? 
we're either going to be the patient or we're going to have patience. Because if we're overwhelmed by patience, we'll become the patient, finding ourselves laying flatline on the sofa trying to regather ourselves. And then having faithfulness, strong faithfulness in what we do and being able to guide and lead and teach other people in truthfulness, being dependable, having devotion and loyalty in their own presentation of teaching, and then always having an open mind because no one has all the answers and no one has all ideas, but being able to be flexible in having and hearing different viewpoints on different perspectives of experimentations and experience and experiences. So these works and attributes I will offer and shall serve as the foundation for my platform for spiritual growth, for helping one to find their overall well-beingness and how to heal their lives. We must learn how to manage and modify our lifestyles so that we're able to really um, attain that which we speak every day that we want, but it is the process and our actions that are not coming towards the middle. So today, I share with you the truth of my own life and how I healed my life and what I discovered about my need for change uh, and self-growth and healing. Giving you my truth, giving you my uh, honesty, giving you my trust, giving you my joy and patience, my faithfulness, my open-mindedness, my tolerance with myself and with others. Because when we are growing, we have to be tolerant with others, because when we're growing, we're very agitated. We must know what our agitations are so that we don't take them out on other people. Because growing is hard and it will make us feel a particular way because we are not moving fast enough in our mind or in our heart. And we want to hurry up and get to where we want to be and go in our growth process, but that's not quite how it works. Life is all about the experiment, the experience, the mastery, and its fulfillment. Our life is not merely happenstance. We do not make mistakes in our lives. We experiment. And that's what we have to change part of our thinking, thinking. Because the world has told us, oh, you made a mistake. You failed. You didn't do this right. And that's not what it is. Those are mislabels that we are taking in as medicine. It is an experiment. We experimented with something. That experiment, whether it turned out for our benefit or whether it turned out for our loss, we experienced something from the experiment and we were able to learn something from it. What did we learn? We learned that worked, that didn't work. That's what we learned. We learned, not going to do that again. Ooh, that really worked. I'm going to repeat this lesson. I'm going to con continuously engage in this experiment because it is bringing benefit and value to my life. We must change the words that come out of our mouth. I love that phrase from a Tyler Perry show. We must learn how to change the words that come out of our mouth. We must learn how to change the words that come out of our heart. We must learn how to understand what is actually happening to us. We are experimenting. 
Because you can't get an experience unless you experience experiment with something, unless you try something, unless you do something, unless you test something, you don't know what the outcome is going to be. We have no idea until we experiment with it and become familiar with ourselves in the gaining and knowledge of the experience. You see, our experimentations and experience in life is to move us toward attaining mastery or proficiency in that learning process. So we can find that inner peace and happiness through our fulfillment of being proficient in the experience that we experimented with. Doesn't that make sense? So we got to stop beating ourselves up and saying, I messed up. This person told me I didn't do it right. I'm just not learning. It's just like going on a new job. You have to experiment the assignment or the task before you can become experienced in it. We just don't walk through the door and know how to do it unless you walk through the door that is proficient and from a proficient level but even being proficient and having mastery in your skill you have to learn the process in which you are having the experience what is the style or the structure or the procedure that is required that is different from what you know how to do Every company wants their stuff done a particular way. So we may bring proficiency over time, depending on where you are in your age. We are proficient. But there was a time in our life where we had to experiment. But we was not taught that we were experimenting with life so that we can gain experience in our life and become proficient in our life, become skilled and masterful in that experience so that we can have contentment and fulfillment within the plan that Yahweh has given us. So let me share with you my story, which I am sure many of you are also sharing some of the same threads in yours. I grew up in a Catholic church, Catholic schools, Catholic church. During my elementary and high school years, I was taught that God was a punishing God. He was always watching you, going to get you. You have to go to confession every week. Uh, to confess your sins because you are a sinner and you have sinned and you must repent. And every week I did that, but in my heart, I was having conflict. And I didn't like the process. It didn't feel good to me. To others, it may, but for me, it did not work for me because I did not want to live my life in my thought process thinking 24 hours a day that I am damned, I am a sinner, I'm worthless, and that I have to confess a sin. What if I don't have a sin? What if I didn't sin that week? Am I supposed to make up a sin? No. We have to find what works for us in our spiritual growth and development. So by the time I reached 18 years old, I was angry. I felt that I did not need God if this was, was, was what he was about. I did. I told God one day, what I need you for? If you're going to punish me, beat me, you know, I was 18 years old. That's, I did. That's my truth. Because I didn't know any better. 
But I began to search for a better understanding of God. That I did do. And my mother used to take me around to different churches. And so the churches that I kind of resonated with was the Christian science teaching and the, um, and the New Thought metaphys- metaphysical teaching. Because it talked about all of the gifts that God gave you to enhance and improve your life. How all of the greatness that he has put inside of you to use. And how you and the Father are one. You're the same. He made you in the image and likeness of who he is. And when I began to learn new concepts about God's identity and his position as our sovereign, I began to change my thought process. I began to change my thinking and seeing something more positive than the damnation of you're a sinner and you need to repent. That didn't work for me. I understand the theory of we're all born to sinners into the world, but don't I have an opportunity to change that somewhere in my life? Is there an opportunity to prove to God that I'm loving and good? And I may have started out sinning because everybody does when they're young. But then I grow and progress into being more like him. So I learned he was loving and I had the ability, the abilities that he placed within me to use and to be fruitful into the world. This was all so new and lovely that I began to study even more. Then, mm, I began to step into my life as a young woman. I'm now 18, 19, 20 years old, 21, really cutting loose. (laughs) Really cutting loose into the world. And the world began to present itself back to me. And all that it had to offer, it showed me the light as well as darkness. I began to experience with life within the world, as we all do. Going to the nightclubs, dating, smoking marijuana, sex parties, enjoying life, traveling, marriage, buying all the things, the desires of my heart, all of that, all of that. I was looking for love, joy, and happiness all in the wrong places outside of myself. Seek not outside of yourself. Over time, all of my experimentations and experiences that I had resulted in some type of loss in my life. Over time, the loss of my career, which was the the kickoff for me, It was devastating, and it was the kickoff. And then it led into my homelessness and cancer and failed marriages and eviction and friends and opportunities, which almost led me to the doorway of death. The wrong men, the wrong light in my life, the wrong friends in my life, and even the inability to gain employment for a while. Struggling business ventures and lots of failed dreams because I was seeking my joy, my happiness, seeking my attainment of wealth, seeking my, the essence of my spiritual being, outside of myself. You see, I thought I had my life and career under wraps. 
I worked for government most of my life. I thought I knew what I was doing. And my life was great. As long as I traveled along the pathways I needed to see. Okay? I needed to happen. Giving me that, that security that I thought I needed. But then one day, one day, I got a knock on the door of my heart. And my inner spirit spoke to me saying, follow me. Follow me. My spirit said, I want you to teach my children how to heal themselves. And I immediately said, you want me to do what? And that is exactly the tone in which I spoke it. I said, are you serious? I can't heal my own life right now. How am I going to teach someone else how to heal their lives? Are you drinking jungle juice, Lord? I did. <laughs> I'm like, this must be the biggest joke of the century. You want me to follow you and then teach your, teach your, your children, not mine, yours, how to heal themselves. Really? You want me to do what? I will never forget that day and that moment in my life. It is still fresh in my thought. I even remember all of the exact words because I was just so overwhelmed by what God said to me. I just, I had no faith in myself. I couldn't see myself worth in doing something like that for God. You calling me out of all the people out here in the world and you calling me. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sure. So Yahweh, my God, came back again. Now we're talking about the experimentation process, getting ready to enter my life. Months later, he knocked on that heart door again. This time, it was about to go down. It was a showdown and a throwdown. I lost all of my so-called work assignments I thought I owned and had control over and was quickly reminded that I didn't own anything on this planet. I felt like I was put out of my car by my pimp and left on the curb like a two-cent hoe. That's exactly how I felt. Everything had stopped suddenly. I was beyond devastated. I was no longer valued, needed, or necessary. I was removed in a blink. I worked so hard and gave so much of myself to government, my time, sacrificing my child, working long hours, late hours, trying to provide and climb the ladder of this so-called six cycle of success. Success for who? I came up with an acronym for success after that. Success for me, the word means sucking up crazy chaos every single second. Because that's exactly what we're doing. We're like vacuum cleaners. We're trying to just suck up everything we can get. And it's crazy and it's chaotic. Because the world is crazy and chaotic. Every second simply means that we are trying to beat the next person who has the crab mentality to climb up that ladder on their shoulders by any means necessary to benefit ourselves. Sucking it up like a 
biscuit sopping up gravy. I know that so many of you understand that. Because throughout our life, we've lost jobs. We've lost people. We've been hurt by relationships. We've invested in things in our life. Our experimentations didn't turn out the way that we thought they would. Therefore, we experience devastating experiences. And yet we did receive mastery because we have the ability or had the ability to learn not to do it again. To know if I do this, this is what the result will be. And if it doesn't work out, there'll be no contentment or fulfillment because I was expecting this experiment to go the way in which I wanted to experience it. Oh, my God. The lessons we have to learn, the experiences and experimentations that we send ourselves through. We do this to ourselves. We can't blame someone else. We open these doors and invite the experiment into our life, not knowing what the cause will be. So for all my work assignments to be removed, I was able to keep my office for one whole year. This big old beautiful office, I went to work every day, still got my paycheck, my money wasn't cut. Had a big beautiful office all by myself and Yahweh put a covering over my door. So no one could come in. But people were talking about, oh, I wonder what is she doing? She's sitting there at the computer. She's making copies in the copy room. She's printing stuff out. What is she doing? She doesn't have any assignments. They took everything away. But Yahweh God began to prepare me for my new mission and instructed me by preparing my content to be used before I was terminated. But I didn't get terminated. He told me to quit. He told me to quit. He gave me this assignment during that year, and the one thing that he did was he designed the framework of my content and had me to sit down each and every day as he channeled through me the things that I was supposed to type on their computer and print out on their paper and bind in their notebooks to bring home. Yet, again, everyone was curious about what I was doing. And I was in joy. I was in peace. I was in happiness. Because I may not have been doing their work, but I was doing the work of God and getting paid. And then he gave me the direction in which he wanted me to go. He said, now... I want you to quit your job. I said, you want me to do what? <laughs> and he said, quit your job. Leave. I said, Lord, okay. I'm going to have to go back and pray. I need to deepen my faith because I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. I can't see the other end. I can't see the other side. Give me some time. So he did. I had to deepen my faith. I had to pray. Not only did I pray, I had to put long 
hours of prayer in. Not 15 minutes, not 30 minutes, not an hour. I'm talking about three to four hours a day. Because it took that much for my consciousness to elevate within me. That let me know where I was not in my faith. But when I began to deepen and strengthen my faith, my belief, my understanding in the promise of God and what he would do for me, I then had the courage to step out on the limb. Because in order to get to the fruit of the tree, you got to step out on the limb. And then I was able to take the plan that he had given me and live it out for my own life. Because I'm not ready to teach anybody anything just because he gave me the content to the plan. This is how you do it. That doesn't mean that I'm supposed to roll out and start teaching everybody else. I have to live it. I have to see if it worked. I had to change my life. And the beginning of that journey took 10 years. 10 years of my life to unfold. Why did it take 10 years? Because that's how much junk and garbage I had put into myself. That is because all of the habits and the conditions and the conditionings and the behaviors that I had formed and developed in my life, that's how much excavation I needed to do. Another experiment to see if what Yahweh gave me worked. That included all the things I had mentioned prior concerning my life, experiences, and losses. My faith was so deep during this period, I believed I could walk on water. My focus was so laser sharp, I had tunnel vision. Here is where my experimentations begin for me to see the values within the experiences I had learned. It was hard. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it, this thing is easy. And how long it takes depends upon how much stuff we put inside of our trunk, of our soul. This is not easy. I am not going to pretend that I didn't suffer. I suffered greatly. I cried. I slept in my car. I slept on a friend's sofa with roaches crawling all over me. I stood in the alleys for someone to hand food to me who was a friend from the restaurant, from keep it from the owner. I have been through a lot. But they were all a part of the lessons that I was to learn from the experimentations that I was given. I caused all of this because I was not living on the path in which God wanted me to go. I was doing my thing. I was fine. I was happy. There was much suffering. There was much fear, uncertainty, wanting to give up, suicidal mind, shame, guilt, all of that. I was bearing, holding on to all of that. But I held on because I believed that I could do this. I trusted my life. I kept my focus on God. And not what the world was saying to me or showing to me. Been there, done that. That's why I'm in the spot I'm in now. When I finished my one year 
of writing my program or what I now call my ministry from which I was to teach. This new beginning birthed my company nearly 40 years ago and evolved from Nirvana Retreats to Nirvana Institute of Awareness to Nirvana Lifestyle Network. Network. Bringing all people together. Learning how to share their experimentations and experiences and masteries, proficiencies and fulfillment to teach others how to heal themselves. When I was told to quit my job, I did not walk out of the door empty-handed. Trust me. I had keys from the kingdom in my hand. In my lifetime, I have learned how to turn my poison into medicine, how to turn my make my lemons into lemonade, and turn my tears into eyewash to help me see clear, better, richer. There is so much more to my life that I will continue to share along the way as I begin to teach you how to heal your life. This is about using my life to help you recognize and heal yours, to give greater, deeper insight into the decisions that we have to make sometimes about ourselves. Who has the authority over our life? We got to recognize who has the authority over my life. Who am I giving my authority about my life to? And how to remove my barriers of resistance and unease and bring forth and draw out of me. I want to draw that stuff out of me. Bring it up. Draw it out. But I must go deep within to figure out what it is. (laughs) Not what I think. But what is coming up from within and revealing and presenting to me its presence, we will be shown. So as I progress forward, I hope to touch the ears, the minds, and the hearts, and the lives of each of you that are in need of something different, useful, and viable to create change, to make your life better. We are all seeking to live well and to improve the quality of our overall well-being. The measurement of our well-being demonstrates the evidence of living a sustainable God life. My first show discussion will touch upon us living A double-minded life. Life is duality. Everything on the planet is duality. But I will demonstrate how we will live through a double-minded life. What does that mean? Well, simply living in duality on both sides of the fence, one foot in hell, while we struggle to keep the other foot in heaven. Where we hide behind the mask of our double being, 
never wanting to reveal our true self to the world, but yet we want to pretend that we are already there, living in the fullness, <laughs> while the world is kicking our ass every step of the way. We know. We already know. But it is those conditionings, it is those attachments that we have taken on outside of ourselves that has caused us to be afraid of revealing who we are. These conditionings and these attachments are from the world. They're not from God. And knowing our true self, we must be like an onion, peeling the layers to discover that person, that being that we haven't met yet. We haven't met our true self yet. That's why we keep saying, who am I? Who we are? Because we haven't met that self yet. And we will never meet that self if we don't allow ourselves to delve deep into that space where it's going to hurt to bring forth the experiment of knowing what is right and wrong for each and every one of us so that we can have the experience of the outcome. Oop, that didn't work. Okay, that did work. Like that feeling. Now I have a formula that works, but this over here didn't work. It's just like when we first meet someone, male or female, and immediately in our mind, we always think they're the one. This is the one. This is the one. I'm going to get married because I feel in my heart that this is the right one. And then we have the experimentation with that individual. And we're finding out that in the things that we are testing that person with, Ooh, that didn't work. I better try something new. Oh, that didn't work. Their resistance toward that. Oh, that worked. Okay. Oh, my God. This is not going to work. I do not want to marry this person. What they are showing me about themselves, they need to be on the table before me. Or maybe they are saying to you, you're not the one, and I think you need to be on the table before me. Because some of us think that we don't bring no junk to the relationship. It's always the other person that got the junk, but we got our junk too. They just say, pick your poison. Because everybody has it. So which way are we going to really be? We have to decide what works within the experimentation. Is it sound? Is it doable? Is it righteous? Is it a part of Yahweh's plan? Who told you that was the right person? Yourself? Or was it God? So we must allow ourselves to get to meet ourselves, that self that we haven't met yet, that future self. Before we can improve something, we are not clear about, then we can't understand or prove what needs to be healed or moved away from our life. We must first take a step back and be still and look at those hindrances and entanglements that we have invited or engaged in our life, we have created and established within our hearts and minds. We did that. 
You see, hindrances and entanglements are the direct result of resistance because we didn't get our way. In the experiment, I didn't get what I wanted. And it's your fault because you were supposed to do what I wanted you to do. Get it? <laughs> yeah, we do that. Some of us do it quite often. And we have temper tantrums because we couldn't have our way within the experiment. But the experience came out. It didn't work. You cannot fix, manage, and control anyone outside of yourself. Those things we experiment, that we experimented with to gain heartfelt or hurtful experiences must be looked at. Those events, these situations and circumstances that brought uncertainty or confusion or depression a struggle, strife, or crises to our life. We must look at that. We must step back, be still, and look at that and see what rises up and present itself. Guess what? Not their part, our part in that process, in that experiment. But we're going to be okay. Because healing is a part of our recovery, our improvement, our retrieval of our soul. The ability for us to surrender for building a transformative state of trust for ourselves. Begins when we allow ourselves to unfold from within the deep. I love Adele's song that says, Hold On. I listen to it as a source of spiritual growth, strength, encouragement, motivation. I listen to it over and over and over again because I need to have that repetitiveness within my approach towards the things I'm going to experience, experiment in. I'm going to test. I need to have that Encouragement that as I move through that experiment and to learn the lesson from the experience that no matter what the outcome is, good, bad, or ugly, I'm going to hold on until I learn that lesson of proficiency, of mastery in my life so that it can take me to that place of fulfillment, contentment. See, we must never stop looking for ourselves, searching for ourselves, for the way that we're going to find ourselves is through continual and perpetual unfoldment, going deeper. to remove the buildup of layers of the world that has encased itself around us. And we all have some buildup. We have buildup of fears, anxiety, pain, separation, guilt, anger, jealousy, Secrets, hate, oh, we all have some buildups. 
Abandonment? Let's go. Let go of those false fears. We begin to believe about ourselves and even others who have dropped within the psyche of our mind false beliefs, their ideologies of what they think of us. What others think about does not matter. But yet we hold on to that because we're trying to validate people, please, trying to make somebody else happy, trying to fix somebody, trying to control somebody. We can't fix, manage, and control ourselves. Because <laughs> the world has told us, has given us the standards, the guidelines in which we are to follow. That's why we're confused. Because one day we're supposed to be this, the next day they tell us that. Today we're trending apples. Tomorrow we're trending avatars. By Friday we will be trending helicopters. And everyone is supposed to jump out of one. We're wired. And the wires are becoming so tight. Some of us are about to pop. That's where I was. I was about, I was on the edge. <laughs> I popped. But now it's time to seek the new you. The coming you. Because through our experimentations and our experiences in life, we have now gained knowledge within the lessons that we've learned. We've gained proficiency in how to manage our life. Therefore, we should be seeking something that is going to bring us total contentment and fulfillment. And that's going to be something different than what we have already been through. It is going to help us take time to seek the new you, the coming you, the one deep within you you never met before, the forthcoming you, you who are forthcoming from all of the hurt and the pain and the experiments and the experiences, you had to learn to understand who you are. That person coming forth and introducing itself and telling you clearly who you are. So when you seek freedom from within your soul, one thing that I learned and I know for sure is that the best life experiences you will ever have will be the life that you examine your own. It takes time to undo, unravel what we have entangled in our lives. It takes time. And I hope you continue to listen to my Conscious Acts of Change, Living by Design, talk show. This is a different segment of my thought-provoking, which it still is thought-provoking discussions, but my total spectrum or global spectrum of what I teach is about spiritual 
well-being, health and wellness, personal growth, and lifestyle modification. Strategies to live by. This podcast will be featured every Sunday, starting June 5th, when I'll go into the lesson of our double mind. I hope you have enjoyed the introduction of me, Empress Q, Living by Design and My Life Story. I hope I have been able to inspire someone, someone to never let go and to continue to forge forward no matter what life looks like on the outside. Don't put your focus on what it looked like. Keep your focus on what is being revealed to you and how to direct your steps. I hope I can continue to encourage you and be encourage you to be your greatest potential and possibility ever to move you towards meeting that self that you have not met before, that is hoping to come forth in your life. Your life is and can be a beautiful experiment and experience if you learn how to master what you come here to learn and how to live in contentment and fulfillment for the rest of your life. So I really would like to close out with my prayer, my Course in Miracles prayer, to help set the closure of today's discussion, but also to set in your heart your reason for being. I am here only to be truly helpful. I am here to represent he who sent me. I do not have to worry about what to say or what to do because he who sent me will direct me. And I am content to be wherever he wishes me to be, knowing he goes there with me. And in return, I will be healed as I let him teach me to heal. So have a wonderful day. I will see you in the next cycle. This is Empress Q signing off. Peace and shalom. Bye now.